This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the Online Choir Podcast, basketball season's here. Yeah, we've got to get caught up a little bit. Uh, Joey Wagner and I were at Lincoln, Nebraska last week when the uh, exhibition game happened against Quincy uh, as Illinois took care of business. A slow start for them, but they won 87-52 to 52 against a lower-level team, of course. Uh, some good in, in that game. I went back and watched it uh, right before this podcast. We're going to chat with Michael Tulip about what his impressions were of this team for the first time in public viewing. You saw Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez each score 15. Uh, Hawkins was fantastic, 12 rebounds. Had a few too many turnovers. The whole team did. Looked a little sloppy, as we're expecting at times, but there was also flashes from a lot of people. So Michael Tulip is going to break down everybody that we saw that's going to play a role in this rotation. Also, what we saw defensively, more switching. Mike did a great job of breaking down the challenge of doing that defensively and also the upside. Uh, And then offensively, pretty vanilla, but where he thinks this thing is going to go. And he'll talk about the freshman that he is as excited about anybody from what he saw uh, on Friday night against Quincy. So great stuff coming up from Michael Tulip. And we got to start thinking hoops, even though it's kind of a a nice thing, right, to, to have hoops maybe for a month or at least two weeks here of the month kind of take a back seat and your know, football is playing such important games in the next couple weeks michigan state take care of business and then you got purdue probably for the big 10 west title right and then you go to michigan in the middle of that illinois is going to go to vegas right they're, they're going to play a top 10 ucla team potentially a, a top 10 baylor team or a ranked virginia team and then they have syracuse that's all this month but it's kind of nice that football is going to be the focus because that's what it should be. These first couple, this first couple of months of basketball are kind of supposed to be, hey, the lead up into uh, the huge college basketball season, but kind of a, an appetizer while football season is going on. So now you guys get the feel of what you know some of these other Big Ten good programs like Ohio State fans um, or, or Michigan fans. Like hoops is kind of like, oh yeah, hoops game tonight. Let's go watch that. Uh, but we still got this huge matchup this weekend. What do you think? about what the football team is going to do. Um, so that that's kind of where my mindset is. Like, oh, basketball is happening? Great that we got Derek Piper just focused on this, so Joey Wagner and I can mostly focus on on a really great football team. But 
Don't worry, we're going to do more podcasts coming up on basketball, but we get Mike LaTulip every week, and he brought it, as he always does, again this week. So let's get Mike LaTulip's first impressions of Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, Jaden Epps, Sky Clark, Ty Rogers, and Sear Harris, Dane Danger in Illini uniform, as well as two veterans who played pretty well. Michael Tulip on Illini Hoops next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, it's time to talk some hoops. Michael Tulip, Illini Inquirer basketball analyst, former Illinois basketball and Wright State basketball player. So, Mike, uh, they schedule these exhibitions for a reason. Coaches get something out of them. I don't know how much we can take from them. I, I just watched... Just watch the exhibition because uh, I was out in Nebraska when it happened. What was your big takeaway? If you're if you're on that staff or you're just a fan, like what's your biggest takeaway from that? Yeah, I think early on it looked like a team full of new guys playing an exhibition game. That's uh, that's what it looked like, and that showed itself in in different ways. And we'll get into that. But look, the goal with these types of games is, you know, it's not to prove you can run all your sets. It's not to prove that you're. Uh, you've mastered your defense. Um, it's really just to kind of shock the system, yeah. especially with with some of these new guys. It's it's getting comfortable playing with one another, playing in front of a real crowd, playing in front of or wearing real jerseys, right? Not doing, uh, you know, a lot of those secret scrimmages are partly unscripted, but partly scripted. So, you know, you're in an unscripted environment and you're seeing how guys react. And I think as the game went on, you could see, Guys were a little less sped up. Guys were a little more comfortable. And, um, you know, I think Coach Underwood touched on it today, is still trying to figure out who fills into what roles. And and it's it's hard to just kind of control that. Like, that's just going to happen. You know, so certain guys are going to fall into certain roles. So um, I'll be interested as we hit the real deal here and and the regular season starts to see who steps up and and kind of takes a hold of that. Yeah, Brad Underwood mentioned something today. Like his freshmen were all there at shoot around an hour before, like getting a sweat in. And it's like, well, that might not be the best thing. Like that's something we got to remember when we're watching as observers, whether it's us in the media or fans, is they're human, Mike. And like there's nervousness even before an exhibition game against Quincy, right? Like, how did you feel going into your first exhibition game? And I think we saw the nerves, the lack of just this being normal yet for this entire team. Yeah. Exhibition games are weird because they're, they're a little bit clunky and, and a lot of times because, you know, the team that you're on is a little bit more talented than the team that you're playing. You can get a lot of the shots, you know, kind of whatever shot you want. And then it becomes this, should I take this shot? Should I not? Is this in rhythm? Is it not in rhythm? And, you know, I, 
I, I always thought there's there's certainly nerves in those types of games. I don't care who your opponent is, right? It's in your mind you have you've been sitting there all offseason probably thinking about this, you know, for a lot of them, this is their first moment getting on the court. This is, you know, the first shot they've taken. This is the first, you know, defensive possession they've had. And I thought you could see it because a lot of the shots were long. Um, you know, there was a, I thought they got overextended a little bit defensively in the in that first half through all the through all the switching and um so that's the different ways that that can show itself but but certainly certainly in those games there's there's nerves cuz you're trying to you're trying to figure it out and you're still trying to play your game but also you want to play within the system and um it can be a lot but it starts to slow down a little bit once you know things start to fall into place roles and um you start to get an idea of what it's actually going to be like out there listen it's against Quincy we we kind of knew this coming into the season mike you do see flashes from each one of these guys that this roster is really intriguing, right? Like I, you see Coleman next to Dane Danger, and you see Danger with some of the skill things he can do, the big body that he has. Uh, then you see these big wings they haven't had in, in a long time, like Terrence Shannon's just oozing uh, of what a number one wing looks like in the in the Big Ten. Then you see these freshmen that look a little different, right? Than than some of the freshmen they've had on the wings and, and at. You know, they've got some at guard, but on the wing that they've had here recently. Um, so you see these pieces. They have the pieces. Like, even watching this game, I'm sitting there going, like, oh, Sky Clark pushing it up and throwing a nice pass to Coleman Hawkins, who does this Euro step. Like, that, there's talent. There's plenty of talent on this roster. Top five to six, we talked about. I think it's it's as talented as any team in the Big Ten. And there's a lot to be said about that. Um now I thought it was important for those other guys to get minutes as well that are more further down the the depth chart. But yeah, you you talk about it, man. You can go through each one of these guys and you 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 saw at least a glimpse uh, of what they can be and what they can offer. And that's not all going to show itself every single night for every single one of those guys. But you do want those games in February and those games in January where you're like, man, Matthew Meyer helped win us this game right like rj melendez we don't have him tonight we don't win this game and the more guys that you have like that that can have that type of impact on a game the more games you're going to win um you know ty rogers was a guy that and we'll get into all this but he's a guy that you could see on that first possession he can test the ball at the rim he snags the rebound he gets out on the break and um he's able to to feed coleman for a layup and those are the things that that maybe you didn't have as much of last year because if kofi got the rebound it's an outlet right and that that second and a half two seconds is enough for the other team to get matched up and get back and set their defense. And uh, granted, they ran a lot of sets in the half court anyways for Kofi, but this is a different type of pressure that you put on the put on the defense, and, and they have the guys to do it. Yeah, we'll break down your impressions, Mike, of, of each one of these guys uh, that play that's going to play a role. But but style of play, we're, we're interested in, in seeing how this team plays. What did you see about them offensively and defensively? Yeah, I thought I'll start offensively. I, you know, just like most exhibition games, they they kept it very vanilla. Um, you know, not a ton of actions uh, outside of a few ATOs. I, I, you know, after timeout stuff that they ran. Uh, you know, there was one particularly in the second half. You could tell, right? They wanted you know to enter it, pin down for you know dribble handoff to Shannon, get him going downhill with his left hand. A lot, of, I mean, a lot of stuff they ran for Io, where we want to get him going downhill with his right hand. So. Um, you could see glimpses of that, but you know, a lot of five out guy gets the ball at the top of the key, wing cuts through, shape up from the corner, dribble handoff, enter it, trail, you know, follow it with a ball screen. Um, 
a lot of that stuff, but you could see how much this team excels in transition, right? And, and, and secondary transition, some early shot clock. They, you know, I saw some pistol action in there. I saw uh, a lot of different actions that are more just on the fly. It doesn't, they don't have to call it. You have the athletes where you can run that type of stuff and, and do those types of actions. But um, a lot of talk about the seven seconds or less. I mean, I think the broadcast mentioned it 10 times. And I think, the seven seconds or less, it's it's a bit of a misnomer. I think, you know, some people think it's just getting a shot up in seven seconds or less, but the seven seconds or less is a mentality. It's an, a certain aggressiveness that, you know, it's not to literally get those shots up. It's, it's you know, if you're thinking score, if you're thinking get downhill, if you're thinking get the ball up the floor, there's just a certain pressure that puts on the defense. And we talked about it, you know, I talked about it a few minutes ago. Maybe you get – uh, a guard that's not all the way matched up now is on Coleman, right? Or now you have a guard that's on uh, a smaller guard that's on Terrence Shannon, all because you pushed it and they didn't have time to get their matchups. And in a lot of teams, a lot of, you know, practices, college basketball practices, every, you know, most teams have a transition defense segment because it's important. And I think when you're playing against athletes like this, when you're playing against a team like Illinois, it's going to be put to the test um, because they have the type of guys that can get a rebound and, and bust out and, um, but but look, that type of mentality and that type of aggressiveness, it forces you to have to get matchup. And and what that can do, if you're pushing the ball, you may not get a point-blank layup or just a driving kick three, but if you can suck the defense in, now they're in rotation, now their matchups are, are not what they want them to be, that is, to me at least, that is the seven seconds or less. It's immediate pressure on the defense yeah 22 fast break points like they, they were pushing it uh 32 points off turnovers they're not going to get that every night but uh th- that kind of flowed into what they did defensively right like I, the one thing i noticed right away on the broadcast is you saw coleman right before tip say talk 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 yeah. and he did that several times during the game uh which i love seeing from coleman he, he's taking a leadership role like he knows that defensively they need to do that because they're switching. Like there was a lot of switching going on there, Mike. So what did you see on that side of the ball? Yeah, as expected, a lot of switching one through five, particularly with that with that starting group. And uh, I mentioned it. I thought they did. I thought they did get a little extended in, in the half court. And part of that is it's your first game. You're excited, and um, you know. But I also think that people don't understand how hard it is to switch one through five, yeah. on and off the ball. It's hard because you're 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 managing a lot of different things at once. Not only are you trying to manage this stagger away where you're pointing to the other guy to, you know, switch up top and um, not trying to get slipped at the same time, but also trying where the heck's the ball at. Cause I think that's, that was the, it showed itself on the first possession. You know, everyone's pointing talking, which was great because you need communication to switch one through five period. So it's, you know, Coleman talking about that and staying on guys. That's awesome. But making sure that as you're doing all this, where's the ball at? Because yeah. if you don't see the ball, there's so much more onus on the guy guarding the ball because now he's on an island. And the literally the first possession defensively was guys talking, pointing, and those gaps were so spread out that Matthew Meyer just got decked off yeah. the bounce and it was a layup. So learning, and that's what these exhibitions are for, right? It's It's learning those things. And I think even beyond that, it's being able to understand what lineups are are – in the game at what time and what coverage do we have? And that showed itself a few times. When, you know, when it's that starting group, it's kind of mindless. It doesn't matter who comes up to set a screen, who screens – like, we're switching everything. And there was a time in the game where Matthew Meyer's guarding the ball. Dane Danger comes up to set a screen. 
Matthew Myers is so you. We were switching everything. It's Dane Danger. He's in drop. Yeah. So he goes to switch with the guy that sets the screen. Dane drops, and you got this guy just, you know, one pound with his left hand pulling up for a three. He missed it, but there's going to be other teams that make you pay for that stuff. And, you know, there were some freshmen. There were some other players that busted switches, and those are going to happen. But you have to be cognizant. It's not just talking through the possession of, hey, this guy's screening down, flex screen, get, get over the top. You know, it's not just talking there. It's every time a guy subs into the game, every single time. It's understanding the coverage. What are we in? Dane's in the game. We're in drop. You know, Coleman's in the game at the five, and we're switching one through five. Like, you have to continue to talk. And and even if you're on the bench, it's being able to, you know, to, to make sure when guys exit the huddle for a timeout, even if they've been told three times, make it a fourth, right? Because that one time that you bust it, you know, could be a, a major turning point in the game. So, um it's a lot to manage. It's a lot to handle. And there's, there's no surprise that it was a little bit wonky early on, but they, they shirt it up. And that's what makes me so excited for this team, particularly on that end is they can be MFers. Uh, yeah. And I was going to say, Mike, the upside, like the, I was glad you addressed, like, cause I wanted to ask you what's the challenge of that as a player, but the upside of it is a lot of pick twos, right? Like you, you have yeah. the chance to get Terrence Shannon and Ty Rogers and, We'll talk about sincere Harris, but I'm I, I like what I see out, out of him early on defensively, but there's a lot of length there where you're getting into passing lanes and just yeah. bothering guys. Yeah, and and that was really when the game flipped. Yeah, was you know it was eleven to six. You get Shannon block Rogers out on the break, alley oop to Melendez, come back down. Shannon pick two, and and then you know then they take off from there. It goes from eleven six to seventeen to six. Yeah. And you'll see that. Like, that's going to happen. Some of these teams, you know, passing lanes that you think are there, driving lanes that you think are there, it's it's hard against guys like this. You you watched Texas Tech last year, yeah. and it's not always about having guys that are long and athletic and can defend. It's not just because they're just taking the ball from you constantly or you can't drive past them. It's when someone does get driven past, it's the length and athleticism for the recovery. And for the chase down blocks like Taron Shannon, for the weak side blocks like Taron Shannon did, that's what makes those teams so hard to score on. Um, every team's going to have breakdowns, but the recovery on it, if you don't have a rim protector, if you don't have athletic guys, those are point blank layups, right? Or, or you're at least not altering shots. So I, I get excited talking about it because it's, it's, it's different, man. It's different than what we've seen over the years. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's break down some of the the first impressions of these guys. And, and we should probably not be surprised. The two best, most consistent players of the day were, were Coleman Hawkins, 15 and 12. Uh, really, you know, made disruptions defensively as well. And then R.J. Melendez, um, you know, a guy that in April were like, this guy has to be taking a huge step forward. He can still do that, Mike, and you have Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer there. So R.J. Melendez, we might have been – I don't know if we're overlooking, should have talked about him more, but 
Uh, 15 points, you know, even even if he was one of four on three. What would you take away from those guys just being kind of pillars for them in this environment? Yeah, you beat me to it. You mentioned the production and the consistency, just the comfortability. Those are two guys that look yeah. the most comfortable yeah. out there. And it, part of it sounds crazy being in that arena, playing in front of that crowd, you know, and, and it's going to be even more so. I mean, the opener, you're going to have 15. I don't know how many there were there for the exhibition game, but you're going to have yeah. – at least 15,000 for that opener. And um, look, I think Coleman in particular, and then I'll get to, to RJ. I thought Coleman played within himself. And and when he was thrusted into that role last year, when Kofi was out, I thought he personally, like I thought he tried to do too much off the dribble, got him into trouble. Um, you know, he, he's good operating in space when there is space and not when he's trying to create the space, if that makes sense. So I thought he, he was active. You could see he got some, you know, most of his looks on the break. Some of them were putbacks. Um, and and you're, that's a lot of what Coleman's going to be. And and he's going to get good production from that. Really good production. Catch and shoot. You know, he knocks down the three. And um, he had some really, really good passes. Uh, the yeah. skip past the sky for, for that three was just a, a great pass. You don't see a lot of 6'10 guys make. And um, and he looks solid defensively. Uh, he, he's He's going to have to be that guy that vocal guy he's air traffic control when, when they're coming up and setting those those ball screens and he has to be able to communicate when he's in the game that we are switching right it's one through five when i'm in the game and um you know and then rj man like he i don't know he had three or four dunks mm-hmm. um another guy that excels in transition and i think too some of the shots that he took i was like hell yeah man like they were somewhat they were like teetering on forced but you shoot shots like that you think you're a shooter you think you're good right yeah (laughs) you think you're good you think you're a shooter which is awesome that's what you want i thought i thought the same thing with matthew meyer we'll get into that but i thought rj i I mentioned it in the you know preseason pot right where it's hey you do all these things we got guys in these teams that also do these things are you doing the tough stuff and he he had one play where he got on the floor and was able to draw a foul because of it. And, like, those are the types of things. And, and I'll say this, too. He should be a 6-7 rebound-a-game guy. He, he has that good of hands, that good of anticipation. We saw a couple rebounds last year when he played where you're like, oh, like <laughs> we haven't seen that in, in a long time. So I think he's, he's going to play a pivotal role for this team. That goes without saying. But I think his, you know, entrance into that, you know, the guy or potentially a, you know, an all big 10 type of guy that that stuff's in play for him. I think he's that talented. I think he's got that type of potential. Uh, and, and it was great to see him so comfortable out there. All right, let's break down some of these newcomers. And can we start with Matthew Meyer? Because the Matthew Meyer experience is going to be fascinating. Um, because there are moments early in this game where I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> it feels like he's on his heels. feels like he's just kind of, I don't know, floating around a little bit. And then he had that – then he still – he has this moment where he has the behind-the-back, like, spin dribble into a three. And while you probably hate that shot, I kind of liked it. I yeah. there's, a, there's a part of me that, that kind of likes the, the confidence of that. And you can certainly see the length, the skill. But I, I just feel like he's going to be a roller coaster ride um, at, at times because, you know, we saw it at Baylor, right, the ups and downs of, of a Matthew Meyer – but if you can get consistency out of Hawkins, Shannon, and Melendez, and then have Meyer as this like wild card, 
I'm yeah. okay with it. Because <laughs> yeah, like, the upside of it is he wins you games. He does, and, and he will. I'll, I'll say that. He's going to win you some games this year. And you could tell, like, Matthew Meyer knew it didn't look great. Like, you, like he was very demonstrative with, with – and, you know, I, you feel for the kid because you want to go out there. It's your first time in that building. You want to go out there and play well. And I thought he did do some nice things defensively. I thought, um, you know, for the most part, it, maybe the narrative is a little bit different. He makes two of those wide-open threes. You're like, oh, he had 12 and yeah. five. You know, it's just I, – I think he's another guy like RJ where he's taking shots, and we've seen it at Baylor. He's taking shots that make me think that he thinks he's a good shooter and he thinks he's a good player, and he is. He's both of those things. And the more they can pull him along – because quite frankly, he looked like a guy that showed up in mid-July and yeah. was dealing with some back stuff. Like that's what he looked like. So the more he can come along and um, and get comfortable, right? You talk about those two guys that were comfortable. It's two guys that played here um, and have played here. So um, I'm excited for what the potential can be with him. Um, I don't think he's going to be your leading scorer. I think there's going to be nights where he leads you in scoring. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be nights where you do need these other guys to step up offensively because, you know, maybe he's going rogue a little bit. Uh, but I think, too, like him being able to settle in, I think once he settles in offensively, he'll settle even more defensively. And maybe it's the defensive side of the ball that makes him settle in offensively. Like those things tend to work hand in hand because he, he he bid on some shot fakes. And, um, you know, I mentioned the, the ball screen coverages, you know, not being in tune with all that. I think things were just moving really fast for him in a new environment. And, you know, I know you could probably say, oh, he's a fifth year senior. Like he should, it's new is new. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Right. So I'm excited to see how he continues to progress the more he gets comfortable because I think it's, you know, it's going to benefit this team a lot. Uh, Terrence Shannon didn't have a, an efficient night offensively. 12 points. He ended up on 10 shots, but uh, got to the free throw line a lot, which I, I think you and I think he's going to make a living there. I think he's going to score a lot of points at the free throw line probably the most since Iowa was here, right? Um, but what would you make of, of Terrence Shannon? I loved his activity defensively, like some of those blocks you were talking about. Um, that That's great stuff. Like, he, he looked like a Texas Tech player. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. Some of those blocks just ignite a fast break. Yeah. It's, as, it's as good as an outlet pass at times. And But you could see them, they wanted to get him involved. Uh, I, I said a couple times out of those timeouts, you could see that the design – you know, the one time the one time was in for a dribble handoff. The other time was they went horns action, entered it to Rogers, and Danger flipped for a, a a pin down to get Shannon coming off. And you could see they wanted to make him a focal point, and rightfully so because I think once he gets going, and like I said, he comfortable seems to be the or comfortability seems to be the the key word here for the new guys. Like once those guys get more comfortable, it won't look as kind of herky jerky and. Um, and the other thing too, they're going to be running stuff. Like it's going to look more right. fluid offensively. Uh, and it's not just, Hey, go out and play, which is what most of those exhibition games are. Um, they'll run stuff. They'll design stuff. And I think you, you'll start to see more natural lineups on the floor. I think, you know, a lot of guys played minutes in that exhibition game that once the season goes on, it won't be much of that. So um, look, Terrence, like he's man, like a like you said, a couple of those blocks chase down blocks. He's, He's so good defensively, and that's what you love about the kid is regardless of what he gives you offensively, he's aggressive, and it doesn't affect the defensive end for him. And and that's what's going to continue to raise your floor as a team and raise your ceiling for that matter because I just think he has so much explosive potential. Um, You saw when he hit a few of those threes in the second half. like He just started to 
he just had a different type of swagger to him and um i'm excited for him as well to see how much he can he can push the envelope here because i think he's another guy that can be an all big 10 guy and um and really help this team at their ceiling yeah like i'm not worried about him too much offensively because we know what he did against kansas uh and, and we've seen what he did at texas tech like he looks comfortable though uh in a role kind of as, as a go-to guy all right the freshman sky clark made some passes in that transition that were really exciting like the one at coleman in, in tight quarters was really good then he had a a baseball pass um, he ended up with just one turnover mike in, in in 29 minutes he just he played like a vet to me i was extremely impressed with sky clark it, it was halfway through that first half he hadn't taken a shot yeah and i was sitting there like man you talk about the two guys that look comfortable Two guys who had been here, Coleman Hawkins and Melend or Coleman Hawkins and, and RJ Melendez. The third guy was Sky Clark. I agree. <laughs> I mean, he just was his pace was incredible. He um he was able to ignite the break and he was able to to be able to compartmentalize what's there and what's not there. And I thought he he really dictated um the flow of the game and the pace of the game. And he's got this burst and you saw the shake that he has, and he was able to get to the rim. He was a I mean, if they make some threes, he has six or seven assists. That's the thing. I mean, he he was able to get into the lane, draw two, kick out. I I, I was probably more than anybody in that game. I was impressed with with Sky Clark, um, just because I think that if he becomes a guy, which I think he can, man, he really he really can. He's as not, a freshman, you're talking about as a freshman. Yeah. yeah, if he can become a guy, where it's like, hey, you're one of the top you know, two, three guys that we're depending on night in and night out, not just for scoring and, and production, but like we got the ball in your hands and we, and we feel pretty damn good about it. I think that's, there's something to be said about that where, Hey, you know, late game, when you talk about a new team, it's not just about who's going to take the last shot. It's Hey, bringing the ball up, handling pressure. Like who's that guy that we feel like we can give that ball. I think you can do that with Scott. Yeah. Um, and you got all these other parts working off the ball that maybe you can, uh, get involved but to have kind of a he, he really as a freshman in his first game in the orange and blue he just looked like such a calming influence for for in, in a you know in a game where guys look super sped up he he looked like he was playing within himself and making the right plays most importantly like he wasn't out there like on this high highly touted recruit i gotta show what you guys got in sky clark he was just so solid he was so steady and you said playing like a vet i i think i made the comment um talking to a few people i'm like he looked like he was 22 years old really like that's that's really what he looked like and i think that that bodes well for this team moving forward yeah and the other thing i liked is he got after the glass defensively he had four defensive rebounds that that gave me some felice io vibes of where you can have that yeah. guy and then push the pace like you want to if he can give you that i think that's really important i'm gonna put these two together because they kind of gave me the same vibes ty ty rogers and sincere harris both a little out of control at times um both a little too intense they combined for nine fouls in this game but you can tell they care about the defensive end mike and ty's certainly going to play a big role i don't know how big a role sincere harris will play but you know if you put him out there he's going to give you length and athleticism um and, and ty with nine rebounds those guys just kind of epitomize what you want defensively not sure how much they'll give you offensively yeah ty's going to be a big piece um immediate impact when he got in the game and and kind of uncharacteristic for him he was super sped up yeah like out of all the times that i've watched ty rogers that was the most sped up i've ever seen him and that's 
to be expected yeah. for a lot of these freshmen. But contrasting, like that's what makes Sky Clark, what Sky Clark was doing, so impressive. So with Ty, you know, I think you see a lot of the good that he can provide, and you see a lot of uh, the pace that you can play with when he's in the game because he's such a good rebounder, pushing it in transition. Uh, it was the first possession he had, right? He gets the rebound, he pushes it up, dishes it off to Hawkins, layup. And I think that's what gets the staff excited. That's what gets NBA scouts excited just because he possesses that and he's so low maintenance. Yeah. Like you're not like, oh man, Ty Rogers, again, another high usage, high volume game. That's not him. He's, he's going to be able to make an impact uh, with lower usage, which I think is, you know, gives you the ability to maximize some of your other players that may need to have a little more volume, a little more usage. So that's what makes him such a valuable piece. And I think that the following. <laughs> I'll transition over to, to Sincere Harris. I, I love the aggressiveness. Like, you can't be fouling out against Quincy. Right. Uh, you know, like, I, I think he – a lot of them, and it, RJ did it at times, and Ty Rogers for sure did it at times. Like, you get so hands in the cookie jar. I want to I take the ball, get out in transition, that that's where you get those kind of ticky-tack reach-in fouls. I think Sincere had three of them that were just, like, got into a guy and didn't get his hands out of there. So – you know, but I do like the fact that he plays with energy. Like at, at the minimum, yeah. you know, when you get foul trouble in, in some of these big games, you at least know you're you're bringing in a guy that's going to compete. And, and I think he it's it's funny. Like he was he was Chester's recruit, right? Yeah. Shocker. Like you know, what I mean, like it is it's yeah. The, the desire, like that's what I'm looking for. Like early on with these freshmen, and that's what I was I was impressed with all these guys. We'll get into Jaden Epps, but like on the defensive end, they all. They all gave a crap, like right, like that. That that's good to see, and they all like made it a point to defend. It's just yeah, sincere. You can't go poking at the ball every time, even though he got a couple steals, got a couple pokeaways. Um, you can't do that every time at this level. Yeah, you can, and and then you know you talk about Jay Neps. I thought I thought Jaden looked. He just you know he looked solid for a backup point guard combo guard whatever whatever you want to call it i thought he you know for the most part i don't know what the exact numbers were but it you know seemed like he took care of the ball and uh yeah no turnovers in 21 minutes he's three and nine shooting one of six from three his shot um skies is quicker that their release is quicker Jaden seems to have a little bit more of a set shot the one thing i like about Jaden, he's strong like both those guys are strong but for freshmen they're strong that first basket he had in transition you could tell he was able to shield his guy off and, and just stick it right there at the rim, which is awesome to see from a freshman. You mentioned it with the shot, right? Like, yeah, first shot blocked. Yeah. Just a, a catch-and-shoot three. And that's part of his speed of the game, and part of that's just he's got a, a tad bit of a hitch in there. So he's going to have to be a master. Like, if he even as his career goes on, and he'll be able to rectify that shooting motion a little bit, but as his career goes on, he needs to become a master at off-the-ball movement. And how much space can I create – for myself because it's not just going to be a, a catch tight airspace and release it like yeah. that's you know the the smaller guards and and he's six two you know but but on the smaller side technically uh like you got to become really really good at finding those little pockets to you know to get to get those shots off because that's ultimately i mean you take nine shots in, in your first exhibition game like, and we knew that coming in that's what he was going to do uh we'll see how much of that materializes as the season goes on and what he offers he may he may end up being just a guy that's hey rebound push the pace take care of it um you know catch and shoot open threes attack when you can't like that may be what his role 
turns into. But like we've talked about for a lot of these guys, kind of remains to be seen because a lot of stuff needs to play out. Uh, we haven't mentioned Dane Danger. Um, just a piece they don't otherwise have. Like he's so valuable because they don't have another piece like him. Had a, ended up with eight points, four offensive rebounds. Was really good on the offensive glass. Had a block. Uh, missed all his free throws. That that's an that's a concern. But I like him because he's unlike anything else, Mike, that they have. Yeah, seeing his wingspan live on yeah. TV, I, like, was jarring. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. It, even for a bigger guy, it doesn't look right. Like it, it's and and you can see what it allows him to do. Right, he's not the best athlete vertically. So he's able to, you know, if he times his jumps right, like he kind of has the edge with his with his reach for some yeah. of those rebounds and um, putbacks. He's got good hands. Um, look, we talked about in the preseason, like this is going to be a guy that's we just need, you know you need him to be a serviceable backup big, right? Like we're not going to feature you, um, but you could see when he was in the game they ran a little bit more horns and it wasn't the traditional horns where it's like hey horns pop the four high low to, to Dane. You know, it was more, hey, we're going to get him in a scenario where he's maybe setting a pin down, right? And the guy catches it. Maybe he can roll to the basket and we can get an easy one. Like, that's more – you're getting him in more mobile actions than you were with Kofi. That's not making him the centerpiece of those actions. That's just giving you an option um, for him to roll out of it. And um, you see he's in drop coverage defensively. And um, so being able, like I said, to talk about those things when you come into the game. Like, it's like Dane's got to make a know that he's in the game yeah. so that we know – that we're in drop coverage. So it's imperative that he communicates that as well. But yeah, you know, he's a good piece. He's a good piece. And as a, he's a freshman, we keep hammering that home. Like this is, that was basically his, one of his first college games. Um, and it's going to continue to get a little more challenging for him as the bigs get bigger and more mobile and where he kind of lives within that and and what his role is, because not, you know, not every team you play is going to be Quincy where you were sincere Harris, just like, drops off like a little lollipop pass over the top and you catch it and just gather yourself and dunk. Um, you're not going to have a ton of space to gather yourself like that. So quick finishes and getting to that left, you know, that left shoulder for right hooks and just, just being a basketball player. Um, DHO is on the, on the wing. You know, you can do some, um, you know, some actions where you're catching it and you're passing into a screen. It's, you can do a lot with him, but you don't. You also don't want to overcomplicate it because I think his role on this team is going to be that serviceable backup big. Mike, well, you have these exhibition games. You have these early games against an Eastern Illinois because, boy, it's going to hit hard once they get to Vegas when you got UCLA, a top-10 team that is loaded with vets and young talent, and, of course, either Baylor or Virginia ranked opponents as well. So Eastern Illinois comes to town on Monday. They're picked to finish last in the Ohio Valley. We know Jermaine Hamlin's there. Marty Simmons uh, in his second year had, had a really good career uh, at Evansville. Uh, wh- what are you looking for uh, against Illinois on Monday or Eastern Illinois on Monday? Yeah, well, I think first things first, this isn't the five-win team from last year. I get they're picked last in the league, but this team's going to win, or at least if I were a betting man, this team's going to win more than five games. I think Marty did a really good job in the offseason addressing – um, some needs, right? They, they didn't have a guy of score over nine points a game last year. And they went out to, you know, really address some needs in the, uh, in the Juco uh, world where they brought in a few guys and, um, you know, Caleb Donaldson's a guy that, yep. that comes in and, you know, was, was like 18 a game at, at I think St. Cloud state was where he was at. And uh, Kenyon Hodges is another Juco product. And uh, Nick Ellington's another guy where I think he was third in all of Juco and block shots. So they've upgraded this roster, um, you know, and that said, it's it's funny listening to some stuff with Marty Simmons. 
they had two secret scrimmages. And he said specifically the first team was a team that switched one through five. And the second team was a team that played with the hellacious pace. That feels like you're kind of preparing for, for Illinois. So I think he wants to get his guys prepared there. But in terms of Illinois, you know, what would I want to see? Just number one, it's, it's the first regular season game. I want to see just like a confident pace offensively confident pace. Like you're not sped up. You're, you're under control. You're within yourself. Um, capitalize on second chance opportunities capitalize on those turnovers you thrive in transition how can we be disciplined defensively to get ourselves into transition not hunting steals if you think you can jump a passing lane great but look these types of games whether it's this type of game or the first round of the ncaa tournament as a higher seed or lower seed however you want to call that um it's two things right it's limiting your opponent to one shot and it's finding high quality looks on the offensive end those two things you do those two things the score kind of takes care of itself right there's no 20 point shot 25 point shot eventually like you continue to wear your opponent down with your size and your versatility and your length and it's all from the little details right it's all from limiting the one shot and and making sure that hey we could get this you know this contested pull up here or we can work it around one more time get it in get a layup and and get to the foul line like you should have the advantage physically here so you should live at the foul line because that's another way to to wear a team down and make them go deeper into the bench. Brad Underwood's talked about like they focus so much at defense defensively uh, in the off season. How, how many more sets? Like how much more intricate do you expect them to get offensively? Starting Monday night, then Friday against Kansas City, then a week uh, from Monday against Monmouth before they get to Vegas. Yeah, you're not you're not going to overload with, with sets. Like you're not. You know, I thought it looked like ninety you know, maybe 10%, 5% sets in that exhibition game. Um, that's going to up get, you know, ticked up to maybe 30, 40% perhaps. Um, but I do think like we talked about in the preseason pod, it's going to be a lot of attacking matchups and, you know, using your length, use, using your versatility offensively um, to try to exploit defenses. And look, I think you're going to see a little bit more continuity and, um, you know, fluidity too with, with because you're running sets and it's what these guys are comfortable with. You make more comfortable cuts and more comfortable movements when you've repped it a million times in practice. Um, so I expect to see more of that. And like I said, you got a glimpse of it coming out of the timeouts. That's what I was, I was keying in on. All I cared about from an offensive standpoint is like, all right, we're coming out of timeout. Yeah. They probably drew something up. What did they draw up? And, you know, a few of those plays went to Terrence Shannon. So that, that makes me feel like you're going to see some of that in the opener against Eastern Illinois. But, those main points that I hit on need to do those, but also, you know, like I said, you should see a little more fluidity with, with these guys and um, you know, more shots that are within rhythm uh, in this game. And I I would absolutely expect them to shoot the ball better in this game. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because as the season goes on, the challenges are only going to grow stronger. So um, getting out of the gates, you know, with some wins here early is going to be huge. It snuck up on me, Mike, because there's a good football team in Champaign. But yeah, here it is. Here here it is. Like the basketball season starts on Monday, uh, and that means we get to talk to you every week. So we appreciate it, man. As always, man, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully get some wins here coming out, and maybe Illinois football moved uh, eight and one here. It's Michigan State. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Great stuff as always from Michael Tope. He's the goods. Uh, he will join us throughout the season every week. We'll start doing our VIP film rooms with Michael Tulip coming up as well as these games get real. It's an 8 p.m. tip-off 
against Eastern Illinois on Monday. That game will be on ESPNU, so you don't got to search for your Big Ten Plus or whatever. There's only a few games on that Big Ten streaming network, Lindenwood, and I think that's it. Yeah, one game on the streaming network, ESPNU for Eastern Illinois, BTN for Kansas City and Monmouth. Before you get on on the bigger networks, UCLA game uh, is on ESPNU and Baylor or Virginia is on ESPN. So uh, don't have to worry about that Big Ten streaming network, but it gets real. Uh, We got some tip-offs. We got some real looks at what this Illinois team will be. You hope to get through these first three games unscathed, of course, but you also like to be able to build up a little bit of camaraderie, a little bit of gelling going on. That is spelled J-E-L-L. Some people have doubted us. Yes, gelling is J-E-L-L. The noun is G-E-L. This grammar of the day is brought to you by. So yeah, it's going to be fun to see this. It was great to see Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez play well, but again, like I told Mike, I just there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of talent here. It's just about figuring it all out. And as Brad Underwood said today during his press conference, it's about role identification. What you need to do to help this team. And the good news is, I think you saw the freshman kind of get it. Like Sky Clark gets it. Sometimes you might even need him to be more aggressive at times, but I thought he was aggressive when he should be aggressive against Quincy. Like Ty Rogers knows his role. Sincere Harris even knows his role. And Jay Nepps has to score. I mean, he needs to be a scorer off the bench, but... I just like the way those guys approached it. And as all these other guys kind of settle into what their roles are, this team can be very dangerous. That's why I picked them to finish top two in the Big Ten. That's why a lot of people picked them to finish top two in the Big Ten because the talent, as Mike says, especially in that top five or six, it's as good as there is in the Big Ten. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch the journey of this team. And I was talking with Mike after we signed off here, and, and he made a great point. It's a, I think I think fans are in this for the long haul. I, I don't think most of you are going to have an overreaction if they have a bad loss. Like if they lose by 20 to UCLA. Yeah, that's disappointing. But I think most of you know, like they could respond the next night and beat Virginia by 15. Or they could beat UCLA by 15 and then lose the next day to Baylor by like 15. Like there's going to be some ups and downs with this team. But I think because you've had great teams the last couple of years, regular season teams, and then been disappointed when it comes to March Madness, I think you guys are in, in it for the long haul. That's what Mike said. And I agree with him. I agree with him. I think there's going to be some patience with this crew. And uh, I think Brad Underwood's earned that because he's gotten the most out of his two teams in the regular season the last couple of years. Uh, but now he's trying to build for something that lasts in March and maybe into April. So it's going to be fun to watch. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the like button on our videos. That really helps us. Subscribe to us. Uh, it's been great to see that community grow. Uh, and we're going to continue to do more and more on YouTube as we go along. So whether you like the interviews that we do on the podcast up there or the interviews with the players and coaches, and, and maybe we'll add some more as we go along uh, to our YouTube page. We've been adding a lot to that. And don't forget, it's a great time. November's the busiest month. You got basketball signing day. You got football recruiting really ramping up. A Big Ten championship race for football and the start of Illinois basketball season. Get that month of VIP access for just $1. No better time to sign up than right now. And we will have a big deal uh, later on in this month. If you want to wait a little while for 
our big deal of the year on Cyber Monday. So that's a little tease on that. Appreciate all your support throughout, no matter how you get us, whether it's the website, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the YouTube. You guys have been fantastic. So thank you very much. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Choir Podcast. Bye, everybody. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.